Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Chapter 17. Scully dragged herself home after midnight. She had three shots of whiskey in her and not much else, but it was enough to stop her hands from trembling and to burn away the ache in her chest. In the morning, she would enter the hospital for a treatment that was more likely to kill her than to save her. And a few hours ago, she had laid her death squarely on Mulder's sagging shoulders. She no more thought he was responsible for her illness than she thought he could hold back the tide. She thought him guilty of the same sin he accused her of committing so often. Willful ignorance. If she could just make him see how far they would go to keep him a believer, she had a chance to free him from the lies once and for all. But anger had twisted her tongue. With her weary sigh, Scully closed her door. She couldn't remember her exact words, but she was pretty sure they had translated to, I'm dying and it's your fault, Mulder. She wasn't sure how one even began to take such a thing back. She checked her machine to see if he'd called. No message. Shedding her jacket, she walked through her dark apartment to her bedroom. She got in her shirt halfway off when he spoke. Keep going, FBI woman. Scully jumped and turned. She could make out his silhouette in the shadows. Mulder, what are you doing sitting in my bedroom in the dark? It's too crowded in my apartment. I couldn't sleep. I'm not kidding, Mulder. Neither am I. There's a dead guy on my floor, and it's only a matter of time before he starts to stink the place up. Her whiskey-induced fog disappeared in an instant. What are you talking about? He closed her blinds and turned on a light. Apparently, someone thinks my life is interesting enough to put on videotape. My apartment has been under electronic surveillance for at least two months. He pulled out a badge, courtesy of the U.S. government. Scully looked at the badge and saw a man who could have been Kritschkow's cousin. Same receding hairline, same dour expression. The name read Scott Osselhoff. This is the dead man in your apartment? How did he die, Mulder? Gunshot wound to the face. Even the words made her blink. Osselhoff worked for the military, Mulder continued. Are you beginning to get the picture? Do you see what's happening here? That the hoax is connected to the military, just like Kritschkow said it was? The hoax, your cancer, everything. Mulder's voice rose. And it just doesn't lead back to the military. It leads right back to the FBI. Even when he showed her the evidence, it was hard to believe. The man spying on Mulder's apartment made regular calls to the Bureau's PDX number. Mulder, these men, she said, putting the phone records aside on her kitchen table. You give them your faith and you trust them with your life. He knelt beside her. There are those who can be trusted. What I need to know is who among them is not. I will not allow this treason to prosper. Not if they have done this to you. Mulder, you can't go to the Bureau with this. No, but as they have lied to us, we can lie to them. A lie to find the truth. Her breath caught. What are you proposing? This as he scooped up Osselhoff's ID from the table. Is our ticket inside? I take it to the Pentagon and do some looking around. I just might be able to figure out who the man inside the FBI is. 
Mulder, as soon as they realize he's dead, his ID will be deactivated. You'd be arrested on the spot. That's where you come in, he said, his expression growing more guarded. No one will know that he's dead. She frowned. How? Because they'll think that it's me. Osselhoff and I have a similar build, and he's now missing his face. Oh, Mulder. She was already shaking her head. He put his hand on her knee. Just hear me out. When they find the body in my apartment, they'll believe it's me, that I committed suicide. Almost certainly, they will ask you to make the identification. This will buy us at least a day to gather evidence. And when they find out I lied, we'll both be jailed for obstruction, and maybe more. By then, it may not matter. If we can prove there is a mole inside the FBI, we may finally be able to bring these men down. Obstruction of justice charges will be the least of their problems. This is our chance, Scully. Our chance to get some answers. His thumb swept the inside of her knee. And maybe some justice along with them. What do you say? One last case together, she thought. One last blind stab at the truth. She could deny him nothing. Okay, she said, nodding. I'll do it. Okay, he agreed softly. They regarded each other in the dim light. His fingers continued a slow caress of her knee. I was thinking of when we first met, he said at last. Do you remember? Of course. You practically peed a circle around the basement, marking your territory. Well, if I was peeing, you were jumping through hoops to show off what you knew. She arched an eyebrow at him. And just who was holding those hoops, Smolder? He grinned and shook his head. Okay, okay. I may have been a little reluctant to take on a new partner, but I came around eventually. Eventually, she agreed, after you stopped laughing at me. Scully, you laughed at me way more than I ever laughed at you. She smiled a little. I had a crush on you back then, you know, but you were oblivious. Oh, you did not. She laughed and touched his hair. See, oblivious. He took her hand from his head and kissed the center of her palm before closing her fingers over it. You're sure you want to go through with this, Scully? Say the word, and we'll call it off. She squared her shoulders. No, I want to do this. Someone has to make them pay, Mulder. Yeah. He reached for her, and she shifted willingly, closing her arms around him and burying her nose in the warm cotton of his t-shirt. His large hand stroked the back of her head. She sighed and kissed the hollow of his throat. Agent Scully, his voice rumbled low and deep through his chest. Have you been drinking? She pulled back to look him in the eye. Yes. His hand came up to cup the side of her face, and she covered it with one of her own. The pain in her chest swelled again. Mulder, about tonight. Shh, he said, leaning in so they touched foreheads. Forget about it. I can't, she answered thickly. Hot tears clung to her lashes. I'm so sorry. Shh, he repeated. It's all right. He kissed her to stop her desperate choking sounds. She squeezed her eyes shut, and the tears ran down between them, welding their cheeks with salt water. He gripped her closer, and she opened her mouth under his. She tasted her tears, her own sorrow magnified in his groan, and she wanted to crawl inside him. Please, she whispered. 
yearning with a need she couldn't name. The refrigerator kicked in with a grinding hum. She kissed his eyebrows, his jaw, his mouth. His hands skimmed her injured ribs, and she quivered in his arms, hollowed from the inside out. She begged a dead man to bring her back to life. Please, she said, a hot rush against his salty skin. Mulder, Scully. He rose from his crouch, taking her with him, and her arms slipped to his waist. With greedy fingers, she found the taut skin of his stomach. She worked quick magic with his zipper, and soon his jeans gaped open at the front. He brushed her arms several times, kissed her fervid brow. You're hurt, he murmured. No, no. She pressed her lips to the prickly underside of his jaw. His whole body strained towards her, caught in a war between giving in and backing away. She tugged at the loose waist of his jeans. Scully, wait. She didn't need the orgasm, wasn't chasing pleasure. She wanted to feel him under her hands and between her legs, hard and hot and everywhere at once. Anything to stem her hemorrhaging despair. She shoved his jeans down and reached inside his boxers. Heavy and full, he sprang into her hand. He sucked in his breath as one long hiss. She stood on tiptoe and sealed his mouth again, her busy hands trapped between them. He steadied her with long, strong arms and calmed her with slow kisses. Her pulse grew less erratic. His fingers slipped under her shirt and splayed across her back. Pulling his mouth from hers, he kissed her once, just in front of her ear, and set her on her feet again. She leaned into his broad chest and closed her eyes, snuggling despite the odd angle. He made low noises against the top of her head as his hands worked at her belt. A moment later, her slacks slid down to her ankles. They caught at her boots, but she shook them free one leg at a time. Mulder's lips trailed down the side of her throat. Sit here, he breathed, coaxing her onto the table. The cold wood on her bare legs made her shiver. Mulder stepped forward, and the rough denim scraped against her knees. Somehow it was more erotic, with her half-naked while he remained nearly dressed. A first flash of real sexual need radiated through her. They kissed with less urgency, until she was sighing into his mouth. He stroked the delicate skin on the insides of her thighs, as they parted without her even ordering it. So pretty, he whispered to her. She answered with the sad smile she knew he couldn't see in the dark. He crouched down again and Scully tensed. His hot breath sent tingles skirting across her skin as he kissed first her right knee and then her left. Mulder, please. She wanted more than his mouth on her. But Mulder didn't have Oral in mind. Instead, he simply drew off her boots one at a time. Scully bit her lip at the tender gesture and touched her fingers to his soft, springy hair. He stood up and pressed his lips to hers. There, he said, much better. She answered with her tongue, and he wrapped one arm around her hips again, scooting her closer to the edge of the table. His penis brushed her thigh. She rocked against him, trying to remove her underwear with one hand as she used the other to hold him in place for their kiss. He stilled her efforts and drew long fingers over the top of her thigh to find the damp cotton in between. Tugging it aside, he shifted his hips so the broad head of his penis could push inside. Scully helped him find the right angle, and they both sighed. She held completely still as he pushed forward in steady increments, 
until she could feel his full length pulsing inside her. Her heels locked behind his knees. He dropped his head forward to meet hers, and her hands gripped his strong biceps. Slowly, he began to rock his hips. The friction bordered on uncomfortable at first, but his fingers found her nipples through her shirt, and the added stimulation ratcheted up her arousal. She kissed the side of his neck as her arms stole around his back. Their sounds of pleasure bounced off the hard kitchen surfaces, creating an echoing soundtrack of heavy breathing and kneading gasps. He fucked her in quick strokes that left her leg muscles aching as she tried to open even wider. She squeezed him as close as she could, her cheek between his breastbone. His fingers joined his cock between her legs, and Scully's breathing turned to a Lamaze sort of panting, high and fast. Above her head, she could hear Mulder struggling through gritted teeth. Oh, she said, her eyes sliding closed, her legs trembled around him. She hadn't wanted it, but orgasm was coming anyway. She nipped his t-shirt between her teeth and gripped his back. Ironically, it was the soft kisses he placed on the top of her head that sent her careening over the edge, his t-shirt slipping free as she sobbed into his chest. He slowed a moment, rubbing her gently all over and murmuring words that her brain didn't understand but her heart did. When she relaxed and hugged him again, he quickened the pace, and soon she was the one murmuring encouragement as he shook himself to pieces in her arms. They slumped against one another, all tangled limbs and harsh breathing in the dark kitchen. When her abused leg muscles started to twitch, he backed away. She made a wordless sound of protest, which he quelled with a lingering kiss to her temple. She grabbed a hold of his shoulders and hid her face in the sweaty curve of his neck. He rocked her awkwardly. I have to go, he said, his voice low and gruff near her ear. She nodded but did not release him. Scully. Okay. She let go and drew back, wiping her eyes with both hands. Okay. He rubbed her upper arms. Yes. In a few short hours, she would have to identify his body. He refastened his pants with quick, efficient motions and then scooped to retrieve her slacks from the floor. He draped them across her lap. She felt the weight of the moment stretch and bend inside her fuzzy head as they put each other to rights again. These strange courtship rituals between the man who was dead and the woman who was nearly so. I'll call you when I can, he said. Be careful, she urged. Her voice came out gravelly, battered, and crushed from all the other words she was holding back. He grabbed Osselhoff's ID from the table with one hand and squeezed Scully's hand with the other. See you on the other side, he said. And then he was gone. Her phone rang at 5.30, shattering her sleep. She groped for the receiver, and it fell from the base into her hand. Hello? Agent Scully? A man's tight voice rasped in her ear. This is Sergeant Billings of the Alexander Police Department. I'm sorry to bother you at this hour. Scully sat up, instantly awake. This was it. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Earlier this morning, I received a call from Hegel Place. A woman reported hearing a gunshot on the fourth floor. Your partner, Agent Mulder, lives on the fourth floor. Is that correct? Scully closed her eyes. Was anybody hurt? Yes. Silence stretched through the line. He seemed to have no more words. Sergeant Billings, was Mulder hurt? We think so, ma'am. Christ, 
A man is dead in Agent Mulder's apartment. Apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. I'm so sorry for this, Agent Scully, but we need you to come to Mulder's apartment as soon as you can. We need someone who can. Someone to make the identification. The knot in Scully's stomach swelled. Even though she knew it wasn't true, it felt real. I'll be there right away. Like moving through her nightmares, she thought. Perception slowed, rolling in waves like a stormy sea. She noted the musty smell of the hallway, crowded with cops and curious onlookers. The bright morning light warmed his yellow walls. Faces of men with no sleep tracked her every movement as she told herself, just keep moving forward. No one said anything to her. They parted like the Red Sea to reveal the body covered in a white sheet. Someone pulled back the makeshift shroud. Scully nodded. That's him. She turned to leave before she threw up all over Mulder's floor. On the way out, she met Skinner, who seemed strangely unmoved by the news of Mulder's demise, almost like he knew what was really going on. Scully ducked his questions and hurried to the elevator. Work fast, Mulder, she thought. Resurrection day is coming sooner than you think. As often as they mocked him, the FBI executives could never seem to stay away when Agent Mulder was involved. Lurid curiosities always got the best of them. Scully looked around at the faces of the joint panel. At least two dozen men and women had crammed into the small conference room to hear her detail the downfall of Agent Fox Mulder. Vultures come to pick apart the remains of his good name. A lump rose in her throat and she swallowed to force it back down. They believed she mourned his death, when really, she ached for his life. The way he had so assiduously honored the truth while everyone around him fed him lies. Her head buzzed and her heart beat double time. She gripped her hands together in her lap to keep them from shaking. With effort, she forced out the awful words. Agent Mulder died late last night from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Skinner arrived seconds too late, missing her performance. He stood in the doorway with folders she could only guess contained the proof of her lie. Blevins forced her to focus back to the meeting. Agent Scully, these accusations you've made, that you've been given a disease, they are very serious charges. Yes, sir, but I have proof. Against the men behind this, of the lies that I believed. Her legs felt weak, but she stood up anyway, her voice rising. She pulled out the blots that showed the foreign virus matched the ones in her bloodstream. What I have here is proof undeniable that the men who gave me this disease were also behind the hoax. A plot designed to lead to Agent Mulder's demise, man my own, planned and executed by someone in this room. What I have here, a wave of dizziness washed over her, and she braced herself on the table in a struggle to continue. What I have here is scientific evidence. Fat drops of blood fell from her nose and onto the blots. She swayed on her feet as blackness closed in. She felt Skinner's hand on her back. You, she whispered as she sagged. Someone get a doctor. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, 
The stories are out there.